So it, more teams need to have historians, yeah. and one of them should hire. Uh, In this Jen. essay, I will. Yes. <laughs> well, not just historians. And oh, I and have... another one of them should hire Samantha Pill, so we can stop being cursed <laughs> with overtime. Mac, that should be a segment. New careers for Samantha Pell. New careers for Samantha Pell. <laughs> Team historian. No, I honestly think um, the NHL itself or Sportsnet or one of those people should hire Jen because she does. She knows all the teams. I know. It's it's so, insane how much she knows. It's... Yeah, so I'm just sitting here like, while I think a team should hire her, I also feel like that would maybe be a waste because I'm oh, like, sure. she knows everything. Honestly, I think it'd be really cool if she were to work with the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. You know, be their social media, like, be their interesting social media, whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, bring it, kind of make it modern, because people aren't really, like, like, it's hard to, like, get interested in stuff that happened so long ago, and people aren't bringing it up now. Yeah. So, like, that's yeah. the way to kind of, like, get people into it. They were teammates. Oh, gee, they were teammates. Oh, they were teammates. They were teammates. <laughs> it's uh, January 9th. Oh, I found it. It was National Post. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we found it. Okay, this is the mice. We, we gotta know about the mice in Alberta. Okay. Um, uh, uh, okay, sorry. I opened the thing, Rats. but it's not going to the right part of the... Uh, Just the anchor uh, link's not working. No, it's just not going to... Okay, there it is. Um, but Alberta must constantly fend off new rat invasions from all sides. When Alberta calls itself rats-free, it's referring to the fact that, are, that there are no breeding rats within the province. At any one time, a rat is standing on Alberta's soil somewhere, but rat control exists to ensure that it will die quickly and die childless. What the fuck? That's from a National Post article. <laughs> Poor Matthew Kachuk. Well, I think we're going to start out on the ice tonight. Oh, do you want me to put the rat thing in the social media? We have to redo the intro. Yeah, we got to redo the intro. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> you needed to know that, though. Welcome. <laughs> you did. We did need to know that. Did you know that rats, every rat in Alberta dies childless and alone? <laughs> now you do. Welcome to, oh my god, they were teammates. <laughs> The only podcast. The only podcast. Where you will learn about. <laughs> the only podcast where you can learn about rats and hockey players at, at the, the same, same time. time. Welcome to <laughs> OMG, they were teammates. Um, I'm Puff, and uh, I'm from Alberta where there are no breeding rats on the province at any time. <laughs> that they will. They, we ensure they die quickly and die childless. Um, okay. 
I'm Steph. I'm from Georgia, where hockey goes to die. Oh, bring back the threshold. Like, also childless. <laughs> also childless. Oh, I'm Mac, and I've been in and out of an opioid-induced haze over the last several days. Um, no, uh... I mean, you have been. Mac's on IR, but... Mac is on IR. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on IR for the moment. Um, but I'm powering through. Do, doing the real hockey boy shit, you know. Sacrificing the, pain the body. doesn't exist when, when there's adrenaline on the table. <laughs> Somebody did actually say that this week. You don't even really feel it when, it's, when you're in the game, and I'm just like, uh, oh. no. Who was that? I think that was Son. Nico Heischer. No, it was Nico Heischer. Yeah. It was Nico Heischer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was him. Yeah. Speaking of Europeans, hi, I'm Iris. Um, no stories about rats, no opioids. Um, just happy to, be, <laughs> happy to be back. This We've been giggling at each other for like two hours now but we're here and we're happy to and we're gonna talk about some hockey it's sunday it's january 9th it's been another week in the nhl we've had actual games we've had some games not happen we've had some games happen we've had some games that i wish i could make unhappen (laughs) (laughs) how about we start there oh yeah, let's start there, Mac. What do you want? What do you want to have? Well, oh, we could push through the pain. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Mac is here to talk about Caps versus Wild. Yeah, you know, I was a, gla- a game <laughs> that I was extremely glad to be on drugs for. Um, <laughs> the Capitals in the Wild. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh man. It was somehow extremely on brand for both teams. It really was. Yeah, the Wild didn't look that great either. I mean, they looked kind of chaotic, and they had half their team out on like entry and whatever. And I mean, the Caps still do have two major players down, and a you know whole line line plus of of guys that would otherwise be in Hershey. But poor Carl Hagland. Someone comfort Carl (laughs) Hagland. Do you want to explain to the people? (sighs) Yeah, explain to the people. This was in the third period. Right. I think it was the second. Um, it was the second of the third. Where it was a delayed. There was a delayed penalty. The Caps were up two nothing at this point. The Caps were up two nothing, and so of course they had pulled the goalie and to go up six on five and <sighs> managed to own goal in the empty net. In the empty net. But and... which, which, like, which. Mm. It gets worse because at that point, Zach Kukale still had not given up a goal. To say, in his it doesn't NFL count career. against him. It doesn't count against it him. It doesn't count against him. His, his streak is still going. He is, at this point, he is still, uh, he is now the record holder for longest debut with no goals allowed until we reach 19 seconds left in the third period when the Capitals managed to give up the game tying goal. No. <laughs> To send us to our most beloved overtime. Thank you, Samantha Where the Capitals have done... Thank you, Samantha Pell. Where the Capitals have done so poorly. You guys can't... uh, So we're on a video call so we can see each other's faces, and you guys can't see this, but Mac has her face buried in her Just, like, hanging my head. can't see Mac (laughs) Yeah. I just can't deal. I think the Caps have won two games in overtime, and they're actually both in the shootout. Yeah, they only win in shootouts, I think. Yeah. And then, but we managed to lose this one in the shootout. I have stats in front of me. This is good. Overtime losses this year nine for the Washington Capitals. The closest team is seven. After that, 
Hey, it's the point. <laughs> At least we're not the, we're, we're still not the 2021 stars yet. Yet. We're not there you, yet. You might have just fixed it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, knock on wood, Steph. Props, props to Zach Bucali. And if you want to listen to a great interview, go find the Caps This Morning podcast and go back to the day of his debut because Ben Raby got Zach Bucali's dad on the phone and for a, an interview on the radio and it was it was such a great conversation it was really heartwarming and it was it was a hell of a get um we'll we'll link it and everything yeah i we could definitely link that because it's that was a real you know it was a real triumph of journalism right there you know what a, what a story he's had a long and winding road oh. to the nhl and to make a start like this is incredibly impressive and sadly it had to end this way but um, the boys love it the boys love him and he loves the boys. Berta. 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 Um But we had to get Mac through the through the pain first. Okay, we were, uh, yes. Doing that. <sighs> Thank you. But um I mean if we're all gonna go through the pain, should we ask Puff about the goaltending of the Oilers now? Um if so... if if you're ready. If you if you're not willing to <laughs> go through the pain yet. <laughs> No, it's okay. No, um, I'm just like, okay, so I understand that Dave Tippett has criticisms, and he did criticize our goal- the Oilers' goaltending. I almost said our. I mean, I say our about the Caps all the time, so, you know. <laughs> Puff is on the team. Yeah. You didn't know this, but she I, is. Yeah, I'm an Oiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Who would so, know? Like, And, like, he did this in a post game, and, I, like, I understand his criticisms, but I just, I don't think it's... We could probably put it in that. right here, actually. Yeah, we should probably link it. Um, I can actually, and- if it's post game, I can actually drop the audio in. Our goaltender wasn't very good, and we didn't uh, find enough pucks at the net to, uh, to get us back in the game. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree, but I think that was like not good timing, and you don't do that to your players, especially the goalies. And I, I agree with Koskinen, who I think has actually been good. And uh, he said, uh, oh, well, like, it's been six games and the Oilers have scored seven goals and I can't score goals. And, like, he's he's right. He is right. He should therefore get a goalie goal hat trick because of it. Gosh. Yes. We yes. have decided. He yes. deserves it. No, and I just, I, I think he's doing a lot better this season. He was struggling a lot last season but he did come forward and talk about um his mental health and he said he was struggling in isolation and in the in the limited league because the canadian league didn't have any it like didn't have any fans for a while and he said he he couldn't see his family and so he was just like mentally struggling and so of course you're not going to play well then and he's playing a lot better this season so but i feel like people are still like oh well koskinen's bad just because they watched him last season which i don't think is accurate and because they have this preconceived idea of that the Oilers are just, uh, you know, goaltending-wise and defensively just awful all the time. And while they are sometimes, it's not all the time. I feel like all the teams, especially coming back from the Christmas break, like there were goal games with like 15 goals, 8-7 wins. Yeah, like, they've yeah, some crazy yeah. scores. You can't put that all on your goaltending. You can't. Uh-uh. And I mean, and sometimes in Koskinen's case, it leads to... Other shenanigans, like in the game oh. against the Rangers. 
Yeah, no, um, so I I wasn't watching this part of the game. I don't remember what I was doing, I, but I think I was just having a bad day. But um, I remember Jacob Truba somehow ended up in the net while Koskinen was in front of him. And so then you can see Jacob Truba kind of like hit him in the back of the leg and then Koskinen falls and it's like, let me out of here. It was because he was fully it's trapped so in the net. Like, yeah, no, he was fully trapped in there. And, and I was like, I don't even know how this happened. I just saw replays of it, and I thought it was really funny. But It was really great. It is really funny. And, and honestly, like, keep Jacob Truba in the net so he doesn't, like, put any more hits out on players that are technically legal, but maybe not great. Loud. Either way, there was some flopping and diving going on in that crease. Yeah, That's no. That's for sure. Yeah. No, it was a bit dramatized, but I do not blame the goalies for no, when they're dramatized. The Speaking of blaming the goalies, Flower. Oh, yes. Now the first goalie to beat all 32 teams. The legend, the third winningest goalie in NHL history, Marc-Andre Fleury, came back to Las Vegas for the very first time. There was a beautiful, very moving tribute, and Aww. he won. Ta-da. Yeah, extra impressive after he was yeah. apparently run through with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, those memes. I will never get no, over No, I'm sorry. I had to. No, I'll never get over no. it either. It's just so good. Oh, it's, gosh. it's. I mean, yeah, after having to find out that you've been traded via your agent's Twitter account is um, not great, but, like, to come oh, back. Oh, my God. No, I think his... his agent found out on Twitter. Yeah, his agent him. found out on Twitter. Yeah, that's... Yeah, okay. Way to, way to freeze that, Iris. Um... <laughs> But yeah, and to come back on a team that has admittedly really been struggling and to, to keep a really close game and to, to pull out a 2-1 win in front of that crowd who loves that the crowd yeah. still loves him, the players still love him, and yeah. to like finally have uh, beat all 32 teams, that is impressive. That's pretty crazy. That's legend stuff. Yeah. Legends only. But... Also, Flower wasn't even the only player who uh, came back to the city he used to play for. I was so sad that, that yeah, that Hyman had to come back to it. Podcast favorite, Zach Hyman, yes. returned to Toronto. Had to go back to, to an empty Toronto and wave the no, empty crowd. He was cute because, He's like, so okay, cute. so they gave him the A for the game. I don't think they usually do oh, that. Oh, no, they don't. Yeah. That was no. so sweet. Um, and uh, also, they, there was, like, they played a tribute for him to the empty arena, and he was, like, waving at the crowd that didn't exist, and I just and thought, he's the, so cute. At, at the Toronto him. bench, and I yeah, think he, he got was the like, A because you. McDavid was out, but either way, it's just so beautiful, and he's, he, yeah. is, he is kind of, like, that kind of person you need as a, as a, as a quiet leader. Like, yeah, I'll try to find the clip of uh, him waving to to Link because it's so cute. It was oh, I think it was I see very it. adorable. Yeah, it's it's really cute. I mean, what what else are you gonna do if you play in front of an empty stadium? No, we have players returning, and we also have players who are just starting out their careers. Yeah, lots of we rookies. Some, we have some rookies coming in, and I know like some teams like the Caps have had a ton of rookies come in. Um, the Flyers 11? are getting some some rookies coming in. Cam York is is finally playing again. Cam York, yes. Yam Cork. Mm. So how did the Flyers it. get another redhead? They they draft based on gingers. I kind of wonder if they're doing it on purpose at this point. Like honestly, like I'm gritty. I'm gritty is telling them I want another ginger. And yeah, I, I really I really like Warren Fogle, and I'm like don't take him from me because he's ginger. And I'm like looking at the flyers and I'm like, don't take my man. 
just because you can. <laughs> yes, or how does Jolene? Jolene, if, don't take my man. Please don't take him, even though you can. Yes. Yeah. I, I know my Dolly Parton. It's fine. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't get that quite right. But either way, and and you know, like seeing rookies uh, come in and make a difference is also always really special. Um, but in certain cases, it's it's just more special than others. And Marco Rossi on the Wild is one of those stories. Don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but he had COVID and he had myocard myocarditis. Mar- yes, I think so. So he he had heart complications because of his COVID, and. Uh, um, there's a really touching article about it. I'm not going to go into detail because it's like kind of sad. Uh, so there's a really touching uh, athletic article about it that we'll link. Um, and it's just, it's very impressive because it seemed like maybe his career was over, maybe his life was over, and now he's back and he's playing again. And it's, yeah. And he's making his NHL debut. And, you know, once he starts putting up the goals, we'll all just be cheering for him so loudly. Um, yeah. The Wild are dealing with a lot injury-wise right now, but it's always just so heartwarming to see some young kids stepping up and making a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, because I remember that article when it came out the first time and being really... Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's an amazing a good one. piece. But, it's and... by Michael Russo, which I find confusing because I think right. his name is really similar to uh, Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi, yes. That was, yeah. that was also kind of <laughs> throwing me for a yeah. loop earlier today. Um, yeah, I kept being like, wait, 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 which one's wait, which? What? Is um, this autobiographical? What? Yeah, huh? Um, on, on Ricky's making a difference. Or not, I guess he's not a rookie anymore, but he's still a young guy. Um, the Avalanche defenseman. Um, the Iris, really. Iris has, Iris has, like, an entire, like, essay on why Kale McCarr... And why you need to be following Kale McCarr, think, and why you need to love Kale McCarr. I think Nathan McKinnon has that essay, too. Nathan so McKinnon. Maybe it's- I, I, I'm just quoting Nathan McKinnon, essentially, and Eric Johnson. And it's like, okay, so if you haven't seen it, the uh, Avs played the Blackhawks. Uh, it, um, the Avs had a lead. Blackhawks tied it up. It went into overtime, and out comes Kale McCarr. And I cannot describe it, and I... I it my description wouldn't do it justice, but he just completely, you know, goal of the year candidate right there. We've all seen the McDavid goal, we've all seen the Zegras Aliup goal, but this it's it's something. We'll link it. It's amazing. Um, this is not the type of goal that most defensemen are able to score. No. I believe he was called the Connor McDavid of defense by his old UMass coach. I, I literally says cannot. Something. I just yeah. can't wrap my head around the fact that he's a defenseman. Every time I see his name or his stats, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. Well, pretty good forward. Hell, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, scourge. Like, oh, wait, right. He's not a, he's not a forward No, he just all. has 15 no. goals as a defenseman, and he's yeah. played less than 30 games. That's just, you know, it's normal. It's not. It's electrifying. It's amazing to watch. I'd love to see it. Even, like, last night in the um, game against Toronto, which we'll absolutely come back to, um, he scored another goal, and it's just, he, it doesn't stop. And people are like, no, but defenseman, you know, he doesn't have the points or assists that other other defensemen do. And it's like, he missed a bunch of games, and he's doing that. Yeah. And when I say that, I want you to pull up the clip of the overtime game winner, and I want you to hear, like, Kevin Weeks losing his entire mind. Gosh. That is one of those goals where you, like, have to go find the, like, home guy. Like, go find the, like, home radio call. Because, like, you know it's going to be the best shit. Okay. So, uh. if you do want to find the radio call for this, um, it's Altitude Radio. It's Conor McGee on the call. And 
I mean, if you're going to listen to uh, Av's Games, I wholeheartedly recommend the uh, radio call anyway, because Conor McGee does an incredible job. But listen to him calling that Kale McCarr overtime game winner, and it's something special. Love it. And that is the end of my essay for now. Speaking of essays, I know we're coming up on a time limit with stuff. Do we want to talk about the athletic? No. <laughs> All right. I don't want to talk it. about it either. To be fair, I'm also just crushed mostly, but I'm just so the athletic. So I've been following the athletic as a news source, as a sports news source, pretty much. Um, gosh, since like 2018. Like, before, like, before it was really what it is now, like, even, um, like, before, even when it was just, like, city-based, like, when you only had the athletic, like, in certain cities, like, before it was really, like, the, so, for me, I, I love it, I love sports news, I think the reporting from the athletic has been top tier, not just from the individual beat writers that they employ, but the fact that you can find, different stats like all the different all different things from the power rankings to there's just how much fun they have because it is news like it's sports news like it's 100% a all-in-one I'm not an ad or whatever like so with the sale of the athletic to the New York Times I guess I'm just really concerned about what we're going to lose like I, there's just a lot of uncertainty. Like all of, I think all of us are subscribers, right? Or at least have had a subscription in the past. Uh, you know, my brother has a subscription, so close enough. But yes, <laughs> we all we're all readers. All readers. We're all readers yeah. of the Athletic, yeah. and we're, we're we all, all enjoy big, the content. Yes. We all enjoy the content from it, and we we think that you know. So I think for me, just because I don't just follow hockey with the Athletic, I follow college football. Yeah, I call yeah. I follow baseball. I get like all. Basically, all my sports news comes from The Athletic, or I'll see it on Twitter and then go look for it on The Athletic. So for me, I'm just a little bit concerned about how it's going to affect sports reporting, um, not just in the hockey world, but like outside the hockey world. I'm sure we'll still get the beats. You know, you'll still get your yeah. game recaps every day, but if I wanted a game recap every day, I'd just, you know, find the local news. Yeah. So that's what I liked about the athletic is that it's more than just a game recap. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping for the best and kind of preparing for it to become yet another. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the cycle of media, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of this. Yeah. Because it was started we'll to be different. It was started to be different, and like exactly. that's what happens. Yeah. So. And we'll the, just the numbers are eye popping. Like the New York Times bought the Athletic for five hundred and fifty million dollars after the Athletic had only hemorrhaged cash between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, burned through ninety five million dollars. You know, greatly exceeding their their seventy three million dollars in revenue. Which yikes! It, it's an odd time to buy the company and spend that much it's, money. Yeah, yeah. It, We'll see. But, I, 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 like, we can 
speculate, but we're all just kind of waiting to see how it shakes out, I guess. And hockey reporting in particular, I think, is yeah. at, at the most risk, of course, because it's yeah. the least, it uh, gets the least readership, and that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, sorry, this is a little off topic from our script thing, but uh, I like I find it really frustrating that the NHL is like trying to advertise itself, but they're doing such a terrible job, and they're making it so hard to access their own content. That I remember, I believe Claude Giroux oh, yes. couldn't play, and then he was like he was trying to watch the game, and he couldn't. Philadelphia Flyers legend Claude Giroux couldn't watch his team's game. Yeah, and then his his wife, Ryan, was on Instagram or Twitter, and she was like, hey, does anyone know how to watch the game? Because we can't... So funny. Just people messaging them being like... (sighs) You can't do that, Max. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can't say that. We can't say that. The percentage of people who probably, you know, said something related to piracy is very high yeah because especially i think in the u.s it's it's almost impossible to watch the games of your your home team it's so complicated with all the blackouts and the different providers so what's funny is i live so i live in an area that's technically home market to two teams so the canes and the predators are my home market so before um i can like so normally if their games are on um uh, if their games are just on the local Bali Sports, it's fine. Like, I can just turn on the channel and they'll be there. Yeah. But when I try to watch Capitals games, because I'm not on their home market, so I have to find it through either ESPN, through Hulu, or through, like, my channel stream, instead of, like, before when it was just, like, buy the NHL TV package. So, like, I like that games are on ESPN because I think it is... If they're able to do this right, that's the frustrating part for me as a sports fan is that like, okay, cool. They're finally back with ESPN. Great. Now let's get them on TV. And then they're like, everything's digital. And it's like, okay, well, okay, that's fine. I'll pay for ESPN plus like, cool. $4.99 a month, whatever. Oh, that game's not on ESPN Plus. That game's not on ESPN Plus. That game's only on ESPN. I'm like, why couldn't you have made this just a little bit more easier to navigate? Yeah, well, no, the European that's... fan just pays for ESPN player and gets everything. Though I miss NHL TV because it had way more like replay abilities and it was really easy to watch like multiple streams at once. And I Ooh, do miss that. Nice. But it's 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 kind of kind of bonkers that. It is easier for me as someone who lives on another continent to watch these games than the people in the actual cities where the games are being played. No, and I also, like, just, this is more of a personal opinion. I think it's a very bad practice to have blackouts while there's a pandemic. Like, I understand that, like, a lot of the times they do blackouts because they want to try to get fans in the building. And I I think that's dumb in the first place, but I think it's especially scummy during a pandemic. Yeah. When you can yeah. only have people in the buildings, when you can only have a thousand people in the buildings. And also... Or like, some people are at risk and... Yeah. Yeah.
And now we will proceed to more harmless topics. Speaking of harmless topics, um, I think there was a soccer ball incident in Calgary. That seemed somewhat harmless until someone got their butt kicked in. Operation Ball Retrieval. They didn't call it that, but Operation Um, Squeeze Those Cheeks. (laughs) Beep that out. It's fine. Squeeze those. Beep. It's fine. And everybody will know what she said. I know, but that's the well, fun. Everyone watching them, look, you watch them squeeze the butt. Slash be the, I, I would be the one whoever was throwing the soccer ball at his ass, like trying to bounce the soccer ball off his ass the whole time. That would be me. Can we well, legally please. use the clip from Finding Nemo where he says I touched the butt? <laughs> I know, it was just about to ask. No, but you can act it out. <laughs> I touched the butt. I touched the they, butt. That's all we needed to know. No, but players, they're just like us. I should explain it. Um, so the ball got lost in the... They were playing two-touch before the game, as a lot of players do. And uh, the soccer ball got stuck somewhere in the ceiling, I think, with the uh, air ducts or something. I don't yep. know. Anyway, so the they're trying to get it. either. There. Um, yeah, so the, the, you'll find... There, this is like its own genre of video now, basically. It really uh, is. So, so you can find lots of this. Um, so they tried to the the flames tried to get it back so they I think there was a shopping cart. There were that one of the players was in a shopping cart. A couple other players were holding it steady. I don't know why they had a shopping cart, but anyway, so they're lifting Oliver Shillington uh up to get this soccer ball out and it's basically like two other guys with their hands on his ass hoisting him up two other trying. guys i think eric goodbranson and matthew kachuk yes thank you i know one was matthew kachuk but i didn't feel like it was fair to be like matthew kachuk and some guy and somebody else branson judging by the <laughs> glorious facial hair uh yeah and they did get it back down but i was like what even is this shenanigans wild, wild that is Johnny not osha Drow. compliant yeah, no. while, while Johnny Gaudreau was being a tiny little shit and like kicking the ball at Shillington's ass the whole time. Yeah, I know. And bouncing around, I was like, who is this child? That's a, that's Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny yeah. Hockey. Yeah, because he's, he's... Johnny Hockey. Sometimes I'm not sure if he really grew out of the phase where he learned how to skate by his dad putting Skittles on the ice. <laughs> okay, tell me more about this. Oh, um, well, okay, so well, he, his dad wanted him to learn how to skate because his, like, he wanted, like, a hockey player kid or whatever, but Johnny was scared of getting on the ice in his skates, but he oh. loved Skittles, so his dad took Skittles, and, like, this was on the homemade ice rink, like, so it's still dirty, but it's not as grody as, like, on a public ice rink. So he takes the, these Skittles, and he puts them on, like, a trail on the ice so that oh. Johnny will go out and, like, on the ice and get each Skittle, and so then that was, like, how he learned how to skate. And now he's tiny and so, 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 so fast and not helpful at all at retrieving anything that's up high. Yeah, and also not that he also doesn't weigh that much. So uh, when he did the first Flames weigh-in, I believe he stuffed pucks in his jock to try and make him weigh-in heavier. This is apparently completely true. Wow. Yeah, so... um, Bless his heart. Yeah, those are older stories, but yeah, I I think he's delightful. I also think it's such a flex to be in the NHL and have your name be Johnny Hockey. That's such a fucking flex. Like, I understand it's from his college days when I think he be- I, I think he won the, like, overall athlete award and none of the hockey players have won that before, so they started uh. calling him Johnny Hockey. But I still think that's, like, that's such a flex that he has that in the NHL. Still has that yeah. name. Yeah. I mean... Are you highlighting what we talked about? Because I don't remember talking yeah. about the arena deal. No, we, we haven't. We can talk about it now, though. Okay. Um, well, also, speaking of Calgary... 
Uh, so they were supposed to have a new arena, but the deal fell through. So it was a deal between the the city of Calgary and the Calgary Flames that they were going to construct a new arena. I was going to look this up, and then I forgot. Uh, so it was supposed to um, be a certain cost. I believe costs went up. Yeah, costs for everything are going up. <laughs> yeah, the city council didn't want to cover it. They said we were going to cover this much, uh, and we've... We we will still cover that much, but, like, we're not going to cover more. And then the Calgary Flames also didn't want to cover more. And so then the deal fell through. And a lot of people are like, that's kind of dumb, because it was over, like, maybe, what, over, like, $5 million out of an overall, like, 50, 550 million mm-hmm. project. So, uh, yeah. So I, I believe that... Uh, I don't know if that was related to... We had, like, an election in Alberta, Um so we had a city election in Edmonton and Calgary at the same time. So they have a new mayor. So I don't and, and a new city council. So I don't know if that played into it at all. Signs point to yes, probably. Yeah. I I am assuming so. Yes, <laughs> it's probably safe um, to assume that that has something. Yeah. To do also, with it. just the, the amount of spending in a pandemic when I don't think a, like a lot of teams are are not really interested in, in building new arenas or like setting up projects for new arenas i know the isles just finished their arenas but um maybe maybe not in a mo in a in a time where you know the cap is tight the money is tight yeah yeah because i do remember um when roger's place was uh constructed instead of like instead of the old rexall uh they did it downtown, which I have some complaints with because I understand it's more accessible, accessible, but there's like zero parking. Anyway, um, it's just hard to get to. Um, but the, they did that on purpose because they wanted to try and revitalize the downtown because that area of downtown was like kind of dead. Mm-hmm. So they made the they made it, they made it this whole thing. They called it the Ice District, <laughs> and it has seemed to. Uh, and there's a casino like connected to Rogers Place. Did it work? And it seems to have worked, yeah. But it's also like I can understand why. Yeah, so yes, you might want to construct an arena to kind of revitalize an area, but obviously that's not really going to work during a pandemic because uh, you know everything is kind of economically shit and uh and also location people aren't going outside yeah yeah the location is so important because one of the things um that is an issue with the arizona uh arena is that it's so far outside of of you know the center and so i think it's like 45 minutes away or an hour away from the like it's it's really hard to get to um a friend was at a uh, at the Yotes Hawks game, and apparently the fans were eighty percent Hawks. Like, yeah, they were majority Hawks jerseys. You could hear all the cheering was for Yikes. the Hawks, and, and yeah. even then, the stadium was not even close to being full. That's like a per- with Chicago though specifically like Chicago fans are so famous across sports for traveling very very well. True. So like across like like across the US like I've gone I've gone to baseball games um in the middle of the week here in Atlanta that um against the Cubs the Cubs more so than the White Sox but we also play the Cubs every year and we don't play the White Sox every year 
Um, where you'll go to a, a game against the Cubs on like a Wednesday afternoon or a Wednesday evening, and it's Cubs fans everywhere. So that's and then also it's like really cold in Chicago right now. So like me personally, <laughs> I would absolutely if, if tickets were cheaper in Arizona than in Chicago, I would absolutely hop on a flight for warmer weather for like three days <laughs> to go see my team play. So that's, like, part of that. But I do think Arizona itself has... But, like, you'll see that same thing happen in Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Nashville. Like, all these, like, warmer cities. Um, especially with Chicago, Rangers, um, fans that, like, with really big traveling fan bases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, they can only do that for so long because I think um, Arizona is going to have some trouble. <laughs> yeah. With that arena. I am sure why gary bettman is so invested in having hockey in arizona but what he's very it? invested in what having hockey it, in arizona there's the austin matthews story there's a hockey no, but... player star hockey player from arizona i mean we know in that Toronto. Now, he was super he was super convinced of it before austin yeah. matthews so i'm like why gary Batman? like what what why what what is compelling you can we so, make that a weekly segment? Why Gary Bettman? Why? <laughs> why Gary Bettman? Why? Well, the thing is, for me, this is a bit more personal, um, as y'all know. Um, yeah, the Thrashers. Bring back the Thrashers. If we're going to talk about, you can't talk about the Coyotes without talking about the Thrashers, because basically what happened is what Bettman made, Bettman made, a, made a decision. And I was actually doing this a couple of weeks ago when some more news came out about the Arizona Coyotes not having an arena. I went back to 2011 and I read the ESPN article from Greg Wyshynski that broke the news that the Thrashers were leaving. And even then, 12 years or 11 years ago, there was comparison between the Thrashers and the Coyotes and the Coyotes getting bailed out by the NHL where the Thrashers were not. And the Thrashers were allowed to make that. The Atlanta Spirit were allowed to make. They no no longer wanted a hockey team. They'd been hit by the housing crisis in 2008. But they just. The ownership. There was nothing wrong with the city. There was really nothing wrong with attendance. Yes, we hadn't made the playoffs. Like, but once in 10 years. Or, yeah, we only existed for like 12 years. Um, but there Still was really more nothing... than the Sabres in the last 10 years. So <laughs> yeah, seriously. there was really nothing wrong with attendance. The owners just didn't want the team in them anymore. So Gary Bettman and the NHL was like, okay, yep, you're good. Sell it to true North. So they did. And we no longer had a hockey team, but it was something that I think had the NHL fought harder yeah. to keep it in Atlanta. I think it could have done very well. Um, there just wasn't that. So as much effort as you see the NHL putting into keeping hockey in Arizona, I think it could have had more success personally. And this is all hindsight, of course. And I wonder if Gary Batman and them all look at Atlanta like, damn it, we messed up. We picked the wrong city or whatever. But I think looking back at it now, I think Atlanta would have been a better choice. But it's also 10 years later. We don't really... You never really know. It's that what-if game that we like to play, but it's just... A uh, better choice than Arizona or a better choice than Winnipeg? No, better choice than Arizona. So basically what happened was... Okay, because I was like... No, 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 no. Winnipeg is doing fine, I think. No, no, no. It's just... No, because basically this what happened was... This is just NH- making a case for where in the world should we put the Arizona Coyotes? <laughs> yes. We should put them in Atlanta. 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 All right. Atlanta. <laughs> That is that that is that is my that is my pitch for this week. Next week we'll go to Sydney, Australia. Love it.
Okay. So um, speaking of moving team franchises, uh, sometimes you need to make sure your individual players are on the move too so that they don't go stir-crazy. And We're so not we talking will... about the trade deadline yet. This is something completely We're not different. talking about the trade deadline. We mean like exercise. So like there's a lot of players that are in quarantine and you can kind of see that they're like animals in a zoo where they don't have enrichment in their enclosure. And you're like, somebody get this man a fidget. Yes, yes. Matthew Kachuk with that fucking towel. Get that man a fidget toy. Yes, all the time. As some, as someone who is currently yeah. fidgeting with like a little clippy thing, mood. <laughs> Find me a hockey that doesn't have like yeah. some pretty obvious like ticks during interviews, though, and I would. Be no, shocked. but I mean, like, there's so many of them that also just chomp on their mouth guards during games, and I think oh, it's yeah. just like I think <laughs> they're just Kuchuk. like that. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Kuchuk. Um, she just mentioned him in Edmonton, guys. That's that's a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> Puff looks over her shoulders for Mama Puff. Yeah, that was just I re- I did the joke and then I realized nobody could see it. Um, anyway, uh, but there is, like, so Trevor Zegris, you could kind of see based on his social media that he was going a little nuts in quarantine. But maybe not nuts isn't the word. Um, but he was getting a little restless. And, cabin um, fever. He, cabin yes. fever. Make, so make sure you take, take your uh, hockeys on a walk every once in a while. Maybe give them a coloring book. Um, otherwise, they will start tweeting about cryptocurrency or something. Well, um, he, he wasn't quite there yet, but he could have been. He could have been. I did or see should, a lot of yeah. Or he should he should actually take some some advice from uh, from Dylan Cousins, who apparently took up boxing during quarantine. Yeah. Shadow boxing. VR boxing. VR boxing. That was what. Like it was. literally, he put on like a VR headset and and was boxing, and then in the interview about it was just basically like, yeah, it was great exercise. I'd recommend it to any guys that have to like you know go through quarantine. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, so um. You remember the bubble in Edmonton? Do I remember the bubble? I remember. I remember that they advertised all of these, uh, like amenities and things to entertain the players to try oh, and yeah. entice They're them into fake. the bubble. And then yes. a lot of them didn't happen. But I still yeah. remember that there was this really funny tour with Travis Konechny and I think Travis Sanheim, where they were going around the bubble and like introducing and showing the tv crew it and they were like the travel oh, there's a bookshelf <laughs> yes, I that here video. yeah <laughs> and i love that because they were like what do you mean there's a bookshelf we don't read but also travis connecting apparently got an award in the ohl for like the most academic he players so r- i just think that's up, really funny i think runner up yeah most scholastic player after Connor mcdavid i think what even. yeah what? or he was most classic on his team or something yeah. which so i found that really funny when he was like there's a bookshelf i'm shocked yeah <laughs> I'm Travis Konechny, we love you, but we were shocked. We were, we were shocked. shocked. Speaking of fidgets, also, I there Travis Konechny needs a fidget because mm-hmm. sometimes you see him and he is just hooking 
clothes hangers into somebody's back and seeing how many he can do while this man is interviewing and i just I love that so much yeah, yeah i love that i think it's very entertaining time. i love that picture but i also just feel like somebody needs to get this man a fidget yeah, like, get somebody this... gets, gets yeah. That he, need, he needs a fidget spinner and that would solve so many problems i just i just hope it wouldn't make him any less fun on the ice because no, I love, definitely yeah, that, that is a lot of pent-up energy but yeah. whereas mm-hmm. some players just you know turn to exercise of the body during quarantine other players apparently play chess yeah exercise of the mind i forgot I- who said that I think it was uh, Bjorkstrand from the yeah. Blue Jackets who started playing chess with his wife during quarantine, which is, oh. you know, some people box, some people play chess. I know the Hughes brothers play chess, and I don't remember which one it is, but I know that there's one that's like worse at it than the other two, and he always is loses to them. Why I think it it's Quinn. Quinn. I, it, I think it is Quinn. Um, and so then he just watches like the other two play a lot. Sorry, Quinn Hughes, we love you, but like, historically it's always like yeah well luke and jack are you know fun and quinn looks permanently tired yeah it's just ellis child mood yeah no i'm sure i'm sure he's a fun guy like i'm sure he's a perfectly fun guy but his face just looks so like full of depression he he is the most oldest child looking ass motherfucker i think i've ever seen he has like he has like resting existential dread face correct that is the best description of it i have heard so far uh, speaking of resting existential dread, I feel like Steve Dangle experiences that. I was literally just about yeah. to say that. Yeah. Because, well, um, I don't know how familiar everyone is with Steve Dangle, but um, he is a famous, infamous Toronto Maple Leafs fan who does these wonderful uh, Leafs fan reactions on YouTube. You know, his podcast, podcast network. Okay, so um, Steve Dangle historically um, has some trouble with his blood pressure when the Leafs do something leafy um they leafed to it the, to the Uh-oh. point where we l- use uh, the word leaf as a verb to and to mean to screw something up to blow something to fuck up so last night the leaves uh played the avalanche again uh the first game of the year was an 8-3 blowout for the leafs and uh, after the first period it was 3-1 leafs so you're all assuming that's gonna happen again it's the most uh, dangerous lead in hockey yeah, very true. Also, I was like, oh, it's 2 a.m. Let's go to bed. I can't do this. Um, it, it turned into 4-1. And, well, historically, the Leafs and 4-1 leads are kind of a problem. Um, we'll, we'll probably link the Sportsnet tweet that has, like, the last six uh, 4-1 leads the Leafs have blown oh, since the yeah, 2013 playoffs. Um, so... The fun thing about this last night's game is that uh, Steve works with a producer named Drew, also known as Producer Drew, and they were live streaming last night's Toronto Avs game together. And um, at first it wasn't very fun for Producer Drew, but things turned around by the end of the game and the Avs won 5-4 in overtime. Sorry, Steve. (sighs) The The memes are good. Yeah, I haven't watched the live stream yet. I'm looking forward to it. And I haven't watched the Leafs fan reaction yet. I'm also looking forward to that. But I think it's so fun. But I love, I saw some tweets that were just chef's kiss amazing because it was just like producer Drew like, ha 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 ha. And then Steve Dangle like, this is going to be torture. 
it was just great. I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna be awesome. I for one it's have awesome. seen the Leafs fan reaction of this um, last game, and it is essentially a supercut of all the times the Leafs have blown a four-one lead over the past couple of years. Oh my God. Poor um, Steve. Poor Steve. Yikes. Like, um, like I feel bad for like some I'm and this isn't at Toronto fans if you're listening but this, some of the like overall Toronto fan base some of them are just like kind of too intense yeah. in an unpleasant way and yep. you were like please relax um but like and you do feel bad for some of the players in Toronto because of the media and the way it is yeah. like the, they they kind of harp on Mitch Marner and uh so then you wasn't playing last night by the way so don't blame this on Mitch Marner this yeah. is just too pretty for you bitches. <laughs> That's all it is. Says the lesbian. He just has lesbian pretty energy, okay? He really does. Um, I love him. I love him too. Uh, but anyway, uh, so so sometimes you're like, okay, well, I don't really feel that bad for the Leafs because you're like, oh, well, the fan base is kind of sometimes irritating. But I just feel so bad for Steve Dangle. Like, he's such a... He seems like such a good person, and he wants me to win so bad. Aww. And these things keep happening to him. He just and wants I'm like, to stop he being disappointed this. by this team that he loves so much. And as a Flyers fan, I can relate. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like as an Oilers fan, I um, like I don't fully remember the decade of darkness because I wasn't a fan at the beginning of it. But like, I do know. I kind of know how that feels. Where you're just like, we're just this is just happening to us. This is just what happens. <laughs> Which I imagine is how Mac felt during the empty net goal with the Cavs. Ugh, like this is just what happens to us. It's so unreal. Like, well, okay. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to bring that back. Sorry to bring the trauma yeah, it's back. Okay. It's okay. My my college basketball team is also not doing very well this season, so it's um, we're struggling. Uh, yeah, it's okay. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. But instead of getting too down on it, we just basically, you know, we do this. We do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no, but um, speaking of cap struggles, do you want to talk about uh, Tom Wilson? Oh, yeah. The, the dare or the bet or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, uh, that was social media moments for the week. That was that was a real highlight um, was Taylor Pischke, uh Tom Wilson's girlfriend, putting on so on in her Instagram stories, Tom Wilson losing a bet and him running out of their Nova house apartment whatever and then diving shirtless into the snow and rolling around um while their dog chases him outside for those of you who are incredibly confused by nova it's northern virginia oh northern virginia yes they're northern virginia sorry yes northern virginia i always have to explain that wait i'm confused if he plays for the washington capitals nobody lives in dc is virginia by dc yeah oh yeah. Welcome to American okay. Geography. Sorry, I don't map. know American Geography. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Virginia and D.C. are next to each other. Um, I don't know why I thought Virginia was more south. I don't know why I thought that. We're right at the top of the south. Because you, you're thinking of Take Me Home Country Roads, West Virginia. Technically, that's about Western Virginia. The more you know. Technically. Wait, wait how many Virginias yeah. are there? There's only two. But they're north and west. They're not like north and south. No, 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 no. There's it's just Virginia and West Virginia. Why? I don't know. America, because it was just all Virginia at one time. Well, why and then... doesn't it go back to just all Virginia? Because what when the people in West Virginia wanted to break off and make their own state, why didn't they name they... it something else? I don't know. They okay. did not. 
Mm. <laughs> Next time on where where do we put the Arizona Coyotes? West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia. Hey, West Virginia is actually really nice. I will say it's gorgeous. It's the the good food, cool. Um, we actually, we just yeah. got off track there, but it's way fine. off we'll, track. We'll, we'll anyway. go back to shirtless Tom. But Wilson, yes, most so of stuff. most of the Washington Capitals live in Virginia. As a matter of fact, that makes in, sense. In oh, like like how a bunch of the uh, Flyers I think live in New Jersey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. But there were there were just a bunch of I noticed a lot of uh, an overwhelming uh, beat reporters. They're just like us theme these last couple of weeks, um, including uh, Greg Wyshynski replying with a Star Wars uh, gif to an ad age tweet about a rogue employee was behind a series of lowbrow Twitter posts that appeared under the beer brand Paps Blue Ribbons verified Twitter account early Monday, which. I just think it's funny. It is it funny. Replies with the, "This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel." Tweet, <laughs> which I think is great. So uh, no, um, are just yes, yeah. Which... I don't even really follow the Hawks that much, but I follow Mark Lazarus on Twitter because I just I oh, think he's, he's amazing. So, yeah, he's so he's... great. Uh, Marissa Ignemi in in Gemi, she's the Seattle Times for the Kraken reporter mm. tweeted this all at lowercase having no hockey games for more than a week is dangerously close to having to think my own thoughts so i need like movies to watch or something and i was like whoa my brain whoa too much too much too much um and uh here's another good one uh, from a golden knights reporter <laughs> I wasn't at Golden Knights practice today because I'm stuck in jury duty. Could last all week. Could not. We'll see. Is it? Yeah. That's is from Jesse, Jesse Granger. Yeah. yeah. He is also like, great, Ouch. by the way. That great sucks. Follow. If you want to know more about the Knights, Jesse's a great fellow. But those those were all fun. Uh, <laughs> fun beer reporter moments from this week. But yeah, that the tweet from Marissa, and I was like, ooh. Ouch. I, um, I really enjoyed the... Because... Um, um, I'm going back to the Kill Makar overtime game and goal. It's fine. I do this. That's okay. And uh, because it was a national feed, the home guys couldn't call that game. So they didn't get to. Oh, so right. they watched it from their couches. Oh, uh, that's so the worst. So you get like uh. Mark Mosier and Kyle Keefe. And they're all just like. And you get these videos of them reacting to the Kill Makar goal. Oh my gosh. And that's those so were, good. Those were just excellent. It's just like seeing these guys love the game, they just do. And it's so fun to see, like, they're just like us, and they love hockey just like us, and these people who, like, follow the game for years and just get excited over this goal or over this guy winning, and Mm -hmm. that's the kind of excitement we want to bring to the podcast, too. Like, we're just excited for the stories, for the players, for the, the, yeah, for the narratives, as we like to say. Well said. Mm -hmm. Well said. (sighs) I think that's uh, probably a good place to leave it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The, those are our narratives for the week, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Though, well, do we have some narratives we're looking forward to in the next week or so? Ooh, the Caps playing the Bruins on Monday. Looking forward to that. And again, next week, we'll the week after that. some bam hockey. I don't even know what's coming up. Hold on. Well, let we, me look at the, the Caps, NHL app. Yeah, the Caps and the Bruins are playing each other twice over the next two weeks. So that's a little playoff revenge. Uh, we still have the Kachukening ahead. Uh, yes, the Kachukening. The Kachukening. Um, do we all hope Wes McCauley is, we didn't talk about Wes McCauley yet. Oh, we didn't talk about Wes McCauley. So we should always I, be talking about Wes McCauley, guys. He's so great. So he's such like, he's one of those people where I feel like 
more refs should be like that. Like it's hockey's fun. We oh should make yeah. Oh, fun. the fight for fighting we should guy. Trade yes. Hockey. Yes. Like, it's fun. And so then, yeah, so he was refing, and I believe he said five minutes for fighting, and he made, like, this, like... No, it, it was the way he said it, like, I think it was the Sharks and the Blues, I don't know. It was this Sharks and somebody. Five minutes for fighting, and the way he said yeah. it, yes. I made the little boxing fighting gesture yeah. with it, it was perfect. I don't remember who it was, but I saw someone on Twitter compare it to, like, um, when you cl- click on a character in Smash Bros. Fuck and yeah. They're like they're like, ice climbers. <laughs> <laughs> they do their little pose. It's, like, it's Hell not yeah. the first time. He just sometimes he just like gets in the mood to to do some shenanigans and like I love it. Have a really funny call or like uh-huh. this is how I got there from the Kachukening. Uh The first games the brothers Kachuk played against each other. Uh, he bounced both the centers out of the face-offs and had them face the brothers face off against each other for their first. Yeah, do the opening face off. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's so cute. This is uh. like this is temporarily a West Macaulay stand account. Oh Just yeah, nice. for sure. But other than that, it's 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 hard to keep track of the games we're looking forward to and the narratives we're looking forward to because everything keeps getting canceled and moved. Yeah, exactly. Nah. That's my problem. I would... I'm like, I can't remember which games are even going forward. Yeah, I, was, I stopped I writing games forward. on my calendar. I was looking forward to Edmonton, Ottawa because I like seeing uh, the Germans face off. So like Leon Dreisaitl and uh, uh, Jimmy. Yes, Tim Stutzler. It's fine. Sorry, Jimmy. And that got moved to, I think, the You're 15th, and it was supposed to be tomorrow. So we'll see. Mm. But I, yeah, it's it's just hard to keep track at this point. And every day I'm just like, let's open the NHL app and see if there are any games tonight. Because otherwise I'd have to, you know, be alone with my thoughts. Yep. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <sighs> accurate. So then we just, you know, do this podcast instead. Yeah, Mom and Puff is retired, and she keeps being like, what am I supposed to do with my time if there's no hockey games on? I don't know, Mom and Puff. Come on the podcast with us. Have her, okay, have her but... tell us when she figures it out. Mama Puff's rants at Louis the Brusque. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- yeah, I don't know if we could keep it, like... That would be funny. From we, we cannot keep, We cannot keep bias. that from just going off the rails. Exactly. <sighs> All right. We know they name search, guys. It's, we can't do that. I know. Now we know. Okay. I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. It's 10:40 here, so Yeah, I feel like do we need some sort of outro? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um uh I don't know. Think about that. I remember the Rangers game. Oh, man. I will never forget the Rangers <laughs> like... game. Uh, I will never forget it. Um, there was... The, it was... Oh. Caps Rangers was a fantastic game. So good. TJ Oshie will live forever. TJ Oshie hat trick. I cried. I cried, too. I cried, too. Also, um, I was watching Hawks uh, Golden Knights. Um, from last night, and Jajar Kara scored, and I was just like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
This is just his first goal after that bullshit hit by Jacob Truba, and he's fine, and he's scoring. And I was like, okay. I'm fine. That was, yeah. I'm probably getting my period soon. It's fine. <laughs> like, why am I crying so much about this hockey? 